Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Report Podcast, episode 241. My name's Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games. I have not played that many video games, I will say. However, we have a pretty packed show, I think, this week, so it should be a, a full episode uh, overall there. But yeah, in terms of playing stuff, though, I really only played, in terms of something that's a bit different from last week, um, Trying to. So Trying, we've been playing that in the multiplayer group. Uh, we took a little bit of a break because of the holiday, so we're getting back together on that. Probably be playing some Strange Brigade here shortly. Hopefully some God Eater 3. We'll see about that. But Trying 2 is the first thing that we we came back to. And I will say, I'm glad we took that break from Trying 2. Um, not because I was like, oh, I want to take a break from Trying 2 as a whole, but I forgot how I was playing the game. So when I was initially playing the game, Trying 1, in the beginning of Trying 2, I was using a gamepad. Um, I'm not really sure why I made that decision. Maybe the thought process at the time was that it was originally a console game from what I could recall. So my brain was like, oh, yes, gamepad. Absolutely. Um, And it makes sense, I think, for characters like the rogue, like the warrior. Um, But when I started up this time, I forgot to plug in a gamepad and I used a mouse for a few seconds. And holy crap, the mouse is way better for playing the wizard. The the analog stick moving the cursor around to draw things is ridiculously slow. And so playing on PC with the mouse, the cursor moves like two to three times faster. You have more precision, more ability to control your movement. So it made playing the wizard feel a lot better and more responsive. It doesn't really fix the problems the wizard has in terms of not being able to like engage in combat. You still feel almost completely useless during the boss fights as as the wizard class. But overall, you know, at the very least, it it felt like um, I was a lot I was more capable of like actually using the boxes I create in the environment to disrupt enemies and things like that when I did get in in combat and things like that. So I'm really glad I stepped away from it and then forgot to do that because otherwise I probably would have played through all the trying games without using the gamepad. Um, If I stick to the wizard in the next game as well, I or with using the gamepad rather, but if I stick to using the wizard in the next games as well, um, I might try both. The big reason will be is because with trying three, um, that game is uh, has like 3D segments. So I don't know if it would feel more naturally as gamepad for those 3D segments. I also don't know how important those segments are, if it's just like a gimmick or if that is like the core game itself, essentially. So we'll see about that. Trine 4 goes back to the original style. Apparently people do not like Trine 3 and how it plays. So that explains that. But I would think maybe the mouse probably still makes sense there unless they've balanced it since so gamepad feels a bit better. So anyways, Trine 2, still fun, still trying. The level design, I think, is a little bit better in the sequel. It feels like the areas are more built to your particular capabilities rather than feeling like kind of a sandboxy place where you just can kind of use your capabilities however you want to get past. So it like doesn't ever feel like you're ever directly engaging with your your abilities with the environment. It always feels like you're kind of just like pulling yourself through the environment unintentionally in some ways almost not unintentionally but just it doesn't feel like the environment is designed for the characters you have in the first game and the second game it feels a lot more um uh, so in that case i also played the trial for uh kogan which if you don't know what kogan is this is that game we talked about that is like a gunvolt clone um but it's kind of like an officially endorsed gunvolt clone because nt creates has a partnership with them they're actually doing some crossover characters they put out a trial with two i believe unique stages for the demo it's called stage zero one and zero two 
And I, I really wanted to kind of check out, see what this game was, because not only is it a game not made by Anti-Creates, um, but it's also a melee-based game. And so I wanted to see how those two things kind of came together in a Gunvolt-style game. And, you know, I wanna, one thing I'm kind of uncertain about with this game is just how much its core mechanics really stand out on its own. So this is called, I think it's called like Kogan, the Sword of Rewind or something like that, or Time. And essentially, it is a Prince of Persia style time rewind. So you can basically, you know, if you get hit or die, you can rewind time and go back to where you want. You have a bar similar to Prince of Persia. So like that bar drains as you rewind time. And if you run out of that bar, then you will die, essentially. Um, at least in Prince of Persia, if you fall off a ledge. However, in Kogan's case, it's actually, um, that is your sole layer of defense. If you're hit without the ability to re like roll back time, you are dead. There's only one hit on you before before you die. Um, so it's kind of interesting because unlike something like Prince of Persia, where you have like a health bar in addition to that bar, um, this game uses that time as almost like a barrier. And if you've played Gunvolt, it's actually very similar to how Gun Gunvolt handles its uh, health system in some ways, although there is a health meter in Gunvolt as well. Um, but with Gunvolt, you have like a energy layer around you um, that basically prevents you from taking damage. And when you get hit, it will drain from that energy, essentially. As long as you don't, you know, actually drain that energy and then take damage, your health remains untouched. So this game treats that, that time rewind element similar to that, where you get hit by an enemy and you still do get hit, but it will then basically prompt you to rewind time. And I'm not sure if you can like wait long enough and you'll just die, but they more or less seem to just like stop the game until you rewind and go back and try again kind of thing. So, so it's I, like that mechanic on its own. I don't know how interesting it is in terms of combat and things like that, but in the context of Gunvolt and how Gunvolt manages energy and to see that kind of like have a direct correlation between the two games, I thought that was kind of neat. Uh, for it. They also kind of use it in the platforming elements too. Um, if you play the O2 level, um, there's a hard path you can go down. It's like you have to do a bunch of wall jumps, but they, they, they call it out to you. So you'll be able to see like when you're playing it, but there's like a harder path in that game. And what you have to do on that path is essentially deposit your time drain energy to basically make these uh, platforms appear so you can jump across essentially uh, but because you're depositing your time drain energy in these platforms you no longer have a defense mechanism against attacks so there's just like a bunch of drones shooting at you the whole time and your does your 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 rewind time does recharge but it is very slow essentially so this section really is is more or less kind of asking you to be very effective not only with your time drain uh, mechanics, but also early on or like after you use a time, uh, your, your slowdown, um, it's asking you to be really flexible and ability to like, uh, be able to dodge and reflect attacks and things like that with the, with the melee attack. And so it feels like the game, um, has these like segments where they can really kind of drain your resources and force you to try to go through, um, a, a section there with that. And I think that's the key difference in, in some ways with this game and like a gun vault is that, this game is okay with you dying, from the trial at least, and it doesn't seem to have any problem with you dying. There's actually a death count on the top right corner, so they expect you to die. For some reason, I don't know why they made this decision, and it doesn't really bother me that much. In Gunvolt, um, I believe their whole mission statement is that like you can 
play and beat that game no matter who you are, which is why there are so many like things you can lean on as a crutch. Now, where Gunvolt, you know, challenges you is in its scoring system or the kudos system. So if you want to get kudos, unlock things and, th- and craft things, that Gunvolt relies heavily on that. But if you don't want to touch those aspects of the game, if you just want to run through and shoot things, you can do that. And it may not be the like most fulfilling experience at times, depending on how you play it. Um, you'll be able to get through the game for the most part. I kind of play somewhere in between. I'm not a big like fan of kudos and, and, and tracking those, but I do like to play the game fast. So I don't like to play it like really conservatively where I just keep energy armor all the time. I like to, you know, kind of run through the environment really quickly in a very Sonic the Hedgehog kind of way and tag foes and kill them on the way. So, so, but, but Gunvolt is a game that it feels really hard to die in at times unless you really go out of, out of your way to kind of, um, you know, risk your health and things like that. So I'm glad Kogan is a game that feels okay with killing you. And it seems like, at least in the trial, like what they showed me in the hard, like hard path of trial is harder than anything I've ever played in Gunvolt. So like, so like, you know, maybe that is a extreme case in that scenario, but if the game progresses difficulty wise to that appropriate level, I would expect this game to, to maybe be a bit more friendly to people who, I know there are people out there who do not like Gunvolt because it is so easy. Um, and, and, and maybe this, something like this would work better for them while still pulling in like certain elements of the Gunvolt franchise. So, Still really curious to see how Gunvolt 3 handles melee attacks because Gunvolt has not really done that yet. Um, and this game is doing it, uh, this month. So comes out on the 27th. I am still on the fence about importing both Gunvolt Luminous Avengers G2 and Kogan. I do, I do think I really want to play through Kogan. I think I know that much. I think Luminous Avenger, I'm a little bit more on the fence about. The problem with me in Luminous Avenger is that when I look at it, it looks like the same kind of game, right? Like, like I'm somebody who wants different things in each game. It's why I'm happy that Copen was a part of Gunvolt too. Um, but it's, and and I'm, to some degree, I'm happy with Luminous Avengers G, despite it also using Gunvolt or Copen because Copen never got his own full game since he was like a secondary character in Gunvolt too. So, so having another game dedicated to Copen like in his moveset, I'm a little less interested in. I know there's changes to how he moves, but like gameplay wise, it doesn't look that different. However, I feel like I got to give any creates a chance and, 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 you know, give it a go. They have not let me down yet with that stuff. So I don't want to sit there and just stick, you know, stick back from afar with my shoulder, my arms crossed and be like, well, it looks too similar. And he creates, I'm not even going to try it kind of thing. So I, I think I will end up importing and playing through. And those, at least, you know, Gunvolt games are typically fairly short. Uh, Kogan, I'm not sure how long that will be. I would imagine it's going to be similar length. If anything, I would expect it to be shorter. But, you know, we'll see. So I played that trial, had a good time with it. Definitely recommend checking it out if you're into it. The genre is a uh, sword action side scroller. So if you want... If you want a sassy game, there you go. <laughs> um, and I played a little bit of First Soldier again. Nothing really new there. We'll talk a little bit about upcoming patches here in the news segment for that. Um, but I did try to uh, get some rounds in. I feel like my skill set is kind of bleeding off with that game. Um, just because I have not been playing it as much, unfortunately. I, I played it really hard during the holidays and like right before the holidays. And then there was like a New Year's campaign and I was playing really hard during that because they're giving away like Shinra tickets for pools. Um, and if you played like five rounds a day, 
you know, I would, I, uh, you, you would get like a full set of tickets so you could pull another set of outfits or, you know, hopefully outfits. Mostly it's just gun skins, unfortunately. Too many gun skins in that game. Um, but, uh, so like I could have probably done that in like a couple, like uh, maybe like 30, 40 minutes if I just like joined a game and died immediately. But I wanted to actually play the game. So that usually would take me a lot longer than that. Usually take me about like three hours. So I logged in today, did the dailies, trying to get my season pass level up to 80 because then you get the next season pass for free or whatever. Um, so hopefully going to do that before the end. I think it's a month left on the current season um, for that. So we'll talk a little bit more about First Soldier later. Nothing really new there outside of just me being slightly worse than before, unfortunately. So, so yeah. And uh, one thing I did want to talk about a little bit as well is um, I did start reading a manga. It's been a while since I talked about anime and manga on here, I feel like, um, called uh, My Dress Up Darling. Uh, I started watching it or reading it because there was a trailer for the anime. I think episode one is out. And I thought it looked really cute. It's basically about like a main, like a guy who basically is into making like doll outfits and then uh, him getting found out by this girl who's in, he's in school with. And then her being like, I want to do cosplay. Can you help me make my cosplay outfit and stuff? And it looks like a, like a cute premise and everything. And I like the art. It's very, you know, pink. And, and, and I very much like, um, you know, kind of the dress up outfit kind of stuff, especially with the dolls that he makes specifically that kind of outfit style. Um, but I, I'm finding, you know, it's, it's a fine, it's good. Like I will say, if you want to, if you want to watch it or read it, I think it's like a solid, uh, uh, manga. I think I'm like four volumes in now from the manga. Um, but I just kind of find, uh, two different things about it. One is that it is very focused on like anime cosplay stuff and that stuff I'm a little less interested in. I guess I was maybe hoping for something that was a little more Lolita kind of style or something like that. Um, but you know, it doesn't bother me that much. That doesn't really matter that much. It's just like the coloring and look of the show. I was kind of hoping something to lean a little more that direction. I don't know if I really came in expecting that though. Maybe that's something that I just kind of thought later. I was like, I would have preferred it to be kind of like this rather than like these, these very like anime outfits kind of thing. The, the first character they do is very much in that like Gothic Lolita style. So maybe that's kind of where that connection happened with that. But after that chapter, things have been very different from that. Um, the other thing is that it is a very like, uh, uh, like horny kind of thing. It's not like, I don't know how to put it. Like, I'm not, I don't have a problem with manga and anime being horny, right? Um, I think the problem I have is like when it's just like, it just feels like it's fan service for the sake of being fan service rather than like building anything around the characters and stuff. And this seems to just like show more lingerie, throw, show more skin, show like cleavage or like put them in situations where like, oh, I walked into someone on the bathroom naked, which is a very anime common thing, I will say, um, that last one there. But like, um, I think I just would would like either less of that or for it to matter more to the core story. I understand why it doesn't, though. You know, it, it does seem like I think I looked at the genre and it's like something that's aimed more at young men rather than anything else. So and it's something that I don't think really hurts like the actual whatever is currently there. I just think it is something that is a little more distracting than it needs to be, honestly. But hey, you know, sex sells, right? There you go. There you go for that thing. So anyways. That's pretty much it in terms of stuff I've been, like, messing with. Oh, actually, one thing left is I did get my PC this week. I was not expecting to get it this week. Um, so when I ordered my PC, uh, I ordered it when, um, like, during the holidays. 
And they're like, well, if you order it with like two to three months shipping or two to three months like preparation to shipping kind of thing, they'd give you like a 5% discount. So I, I chose that because I was like, I'm not in like a huge, huge rush to get my PC. So it's fine. Um, but they went ahead and shipped it this week. So I was like, oh, or last week, if by the time you're hearing this, I was like, oh, okay. So that was about a month earlier than I was expecting, honestly. So, um, yeah, I started setting it up. I'm currently on my old PC. So what you're seeing right now is still old PC times. Uh, it's actually over here. My new one's over here to the right of me. Um, not too far behind the green screen here. Um, so I'm just setting up and in the kind of the weird thing with setting up, um, the PC this time around is, um, beforehand when I did it, I didn't really have a lot of, A, I didn't have a lot of work-related stuff connected to, like, my PC, like, you know, because I work from home mo mostly now, so, you know, you have your way you're connected to work, and you have to have all that stuff set up, and then also, you know, I'm streaming regularly, I'm doing the podcast every single week, um, and, and I have to have certain things readily available for those two things that are happening, right? Um, unless I decide to, you know, do a pre-recorded stream or whatever, but like that doesn't make a lot of sense. I just have to like, coordinate like a time around setting up the computer. So I am like setting it up on the side, but I have other things that I'm trying to get done still. And like, even for the work week this week, I think I'm going to leave my current PC up, honestly. So it's probably going to sit there for a little while. The only thing I've really done on it, besides just like, I'm going through and kind of installing the things that I know I'm going to need, you know, get Audacity on there, get OBS on there. I'm going to have to set up my scenes. Uh, I may be looking at going again back to OBS for this setup. So I'll have to, to look at that and see how hard that's going to be. Um, because we do some stuff with, um, I forget what it's called, Streamlabs. We do some, or I have a bunch of stuff set up in Streamlabs. Um, that is kind of important. So I'll have to, I never got around to duplicating those elements in OBS last time I tried to do like this dual recording and, um, streaming setup. So there's probably going to be some test stuff that I get to do at some point. And because I don't have a 4k capture card yet, um, either I will need to buy that and then install that when it, when it gets in place, or I'll need to take the one out of here and swap it over there. I use an internal capture card that goes into the PC itself. So I can't just unplug it via USB and then plug it into that guy over there. Um, it's not not that easy, unfortunately, uh, for better or for worse. But this is a edge case scenario, right? The transitioning between two PCs. Um, so right now, at least, uh, it's not in use as my main computer. It's just hanging out over there. I'm installing stuff for now. Um, so it's probably going to take me a little while. I, I, I anticipate by the end of this week, I'll st still probably be relying on my main PC. Um, there's another problem or not really a problem. Um, you know, I could have looked into this ahead of time if I really wanted to, but again, I, I, I just was not prepared <laughs> kind of for it. Um, is that the video out on it, um, is there's an HDMI slot on the card as well as three display port slots. So none of my monitors support DisplayPort. So um, I will have to... The HDMI one's easy. I'll just plug that into my current gaming monitor or whatever. Actually, I wonder... I'll have to check. Maybe this one has a DisplayPort on it. So maybe I can still utilize this one with HDMI and that one with DisplayPort. Um, but uh, my other one is VGA or DVI only. I know that much. So... Um, and I've been meaning to replace this monitor that sits... It sits above my current monitor. I basically have like a... A three monitor setup, one above my main monitor, the main monitor, then one to the right of my main monitor. And um, that one on the top of it is actually just like a 900p monitor. I got it from Goodwill like 
five years ago at this point for seven dollars and it's it's a good just like i need to throw something up there and i'm not paying attention to it right it's great for like awesome games done quick this week i just left it up there most of the time just like i'm not gonna be staring at this most of the time i'm doing stuff i'm working on stuff but i will glance up there occasionally uh it can be good for notes and stuff like that so if you ever see me like looking up during the podcast and it looks weird or during the stream uh that is me looking at my other monitor up there but at the same time having a 900p monitor like mixed in with two 1080 ones is kind of weird there's some change there's some things that don't really line up right it hasn't been that much of a problem otherwise you know i would have replaced it a while ago um but this might be the opportunity to replace that the other thing is, is I do, I'm going to plan to set my current PC up in the other room um, because I want to try to basically make like a secondary station for me to stream from in there. Something that I tried to do a while ago, um, but the uh, setup just was not ideal at the time. Lot, I won't go into it. There's a whole, I'm sure I talked about it a ton back when I tried to do it. So I will need um, a monitor in there, at least one. Um, so in the short term, that will probably will probably end up happening is I will replace this one on top here and then put the 900p one in there. I'm not very picky when it comes to monitors, though. So, you know, I have my one gaming monitor and I don't even use it for PC gaming. I probably should. Uh, I use that for playing games on, but it's stuff I feed into it. So consoles and all that stuff. Um and then I have this HP one in front of me that was just like a hand-me-down from um, my grandpa when he passed away. Um, they were just trying to find somebody to take um, his whole PC at the time, actually. Um, and then, and then, um, so I have those two. So, like, it doesn't really, I don't need, like, a crazy good monitor, honestly. Like, the, the gaming one was, like, it just made sense to get a decent monitor. But, like, I was not like, oh my gosh, I need... A refresh rate of X. I need what I just wanted something with low latency. I knew it had low latency. That was the big thing because I knew I was gonna be playing a lot of games on it. And my main monitor, I knew it was fine. Um, so if I can, I might just run down to a Goodwill again and see if I can get like a 1080p monitor there, and then just shove that up there instead. Because like I, again, I don't really need anything super fancy. <laughs> I just I just need something that's gonna display essentially. So anyways, PC fun time, PC fun time. So that kind of leads into us talking about Patreon stuff again, your favorite. We'll get to the Patreon question here in a moment. I'm trying to be like diligent of not letting this just fall to the side. It is very easy when you just let the Patreon slide off into the distance and me not pay attention to it. Like push up these to it without letting people know. I'm trying to let people know for this and just try to keep it in view. That's part of what this Patreon question is for, is to make sure I continue to talk about Patreon on each, each week's podcast. Um, but for the Patreon, uh, next week I'm putting up a video where I basically unbox my PC. You know, is it very exciting? No, I take a PC case out of a box and look at it and open it and go like, that's a PC. Um, but you can watch me struggle to op open a PC. I'm, I think I talked about it last week, maybe, or maybe I talked about it on the bonus podcast, which is also their Patreon bonus podcast. Um, but uh, I, I do not have a lot of great common sense for certain things, especially when it comes to physical space stuff. I don't know what it is. Don't diagnose me. It's fine. I just have weird problems with space stuff, opening things, things like that. I get confused very easily and cannot figure out what I'm doing. Um, so I uh, tried to open the box and then I proceeded to immediately make all the wrong assumptions about how to open it. And like the last minute before I cut it open, I figured it out. I was like, oh, so if you want to watch me struggle, 
that's there. That's the um, that's at the five dollar Patreon level for that. So if you want to get bonus content, the five five dollar option is there for that. So yes. Um, if you didn't also know on the Patreon, I put up a bonus podcast this week uh, or last week. I talked about um, NFTs um, and just kind of like what my thoughts on where they're at in gaming and where they matter, if they matter. You know, I'm going to say again and again and again, I am no expert on this stuff. This is all just stuff I have been hearing, intaking and thinking about more than anything. Um, but I'm not somebody I'm not I'm not telling you that NFTs are going to be a part of gaming. Just just general thoughts about stuff right that's that's kind of what it is uh and then if you're at the ten dollar behind the scenes level i also posted up the script for the billy hatcher um review that i wrote and didn't finish because i moved on to a battle and wonder world video it's close enough that i probably could throw a video together and in the future i might do that but at the moment right now i have considered that review on hold or abandoned so i uploaded the script for that it's pretty dang complete so if you do read it i think you will get a generally good script um you know how enjoyable that is you know depends on how much you like reading um so i don't know how i don't know if a lot of people i i have following me anymore care about articles i've shifted so hard to audio and video that you know i don't really think that's a a big thing anymore all that aside so now we're going to go on to the patreon question again no real patreon questions yet but that is that is life at the moment. So we're pulling from that random list of, of questions from levelskip.com. Thank you, levelskip.com, asking very generic video game questions. Like, if you could have any video game character as your best friend, who would it be? Um, I actually kind of like this question because initially my thought was, well, you just be your favorite character, right? Like, you just pick your favorite character. And like, so like Vice came to mind, um, to some degree, Almira. If you don't know, I liked Almira and, and Sword of Ateria a lot. Um, I don't know how much that came off on stream, but I, Almira is a character I very much enjoy in that game. Um, and But the problem I kind of ran into both of them is Almira specifically, she's just, the situation she's in is so specific that you don't really get to know her very well. So I don't really feel comfortable saying that I think Almira would be a good friend. And for Vice specifically, I love like Vice's positivity. Vice from Skies of Arcadia, if you don't know. Um, he's very like upbeat and, and, and cheerful. And like, even when things get rough, he, he is very quick to turn it around. Um, but I would worry about like being a friend in real life. Vice would come off as just like very, um, I don't know how to put it unrealistic and like, like maybe too, too, too optimistic to the point that it's like vice you are ignoring the problems here kind of thing <laughs> like maybe it would just be a little too much and maybe come off as just like a big like it'd be kind of like when it'd be kind of like if in real life you you had a friend that's like yeah we're gonna solve this from the power of friendship and you're gonna like look over at them and be like Dude, I've got like three thousand dollars in te- tax debt. What are you talking about? <laughs> so so I don't think those are good options. I did cheat though. Still, I did choose two characters. Um, one because I think, I think because there's a character that fits into the more that vice role, but a bit more um, realistic, and the other one being a character that I think they fit pretty close to like maybe how I think, and so that might line up pretty well. And that is um, for the for the one that fits closer to vice. Um, I like Gans a lot from uh, Radiata stories. Um, and Gans is a character that is kind of like, he's like a leader of a troop in Radio Stories. And he's, he's incredibly positive, uh, 
maybe not initially, but he, he, when he starts talking about something, he's very positive about it. And he, he has an air of authority to him, but he always lets that air of authority break. And he always is like, he's not afraid to be frank with you about things. And I like that him as a character. Now he does have problems where he's like kind of depressed in some degree, but you know, that's just how things go. Right. Um, but I do like that, that, that he has that, that kind of like, positive energy that vice has but he has flaws to them and i feel like he's kind of realistic about situations more so he'll he'll definitely push initially and be like ah oh, yeah everything will be fine and then when you're like actually i have all this tax debt he'll be like oh yeah but i think he would like try to help you out figure it out that's how that's my my justification for gans kind of thing um the other one is ajito from uh lost dimensions and i think ajito um, he's the guy in Lost Dimension who has like, he has like some really curly, like, I don't know about curly, almost like, almost Elvisy kind of hair in some ways. I don't know how to put it. Uh, he's like a, he can teleport and like stab enemies and stuff. But what I like about Ajito a lot is that he's a character that, um, I don't want to say he never lets his guard down, but I think he's like fairly realistic about the motivations of people in that. And he has like a, a good ability to, look at everybody around him and like the people involved and kind of start to piece together like what drives them and stuff like that. And in that regard, he also extends that out, not just beyond like his party. If you don't know, Lost Dimension is a game about like um, you're in a group and there's always a, a traitor in your group kind of thing. And so you have to like basically find out who the traitor is. So there's a, there's a, there's a game with an air of uncertainty. So he, he's kind of, is I think interesting that he can kind of like pick that that kind of stuff out of each character kind of thing um but he also um extends that thought process out to like the main antagonist too and he like kind of wraps that in he's like trying to piece together like what what is up with the main antagonist and like like and he's like honest he's like I actually kind of like the, the bad guy the guy who's trying to kill us, like, as a person, I actually kind of like him, but I think he mentioned at some point, like, yeah, I'll go party with him, like, maybe if he, if he asked me to kind of thing. And I kind of liked that that part of Jito, just, like, the ability for him to just, like, kind of disconnect himself from the situation a little bit. And I think that kind of thinking is something that I kind of respect in a lot of ways, like, somebody who can take themselves out of an equation and like set themselves aside and like view it from outside and, and kind of look at these people and then make, make, you know, decisions and determination without the, that, that bias of like, Oh, I know you kind of thing. So, um, those are my, the, those are my two choices. If I picked one or the other, I think Gans probably, I feel like Gans would be more supportive maybe, where <laughs> I don't know if Vegeta would really have my back, but, um, so yeah, but yeah, again, if you want to have a Patreon question, feel free to uh, post it. Um, that goes again, the post goes up on, on Monday. Um, you basically just leave a comment under that post on the Patreon. Uh, you can contribute at starting at the level three level and then you can go ahead and do that. Anyways, Patreon window is done. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, on that game news, Kirby and the Forgotten Land comes out March 25th. I am on the fence about if I'm excited about this. I have been wanting to play a 3D Kirby game for a very long time, and everything I see about this game looks very good. <laughs> um, so I think the real answer is yes. I should buy this game. I should play it. I worry a little bit about around March specifically. I feel like I might be a little busy with a lot of projects and stuff, so I worry that I won't take the time to actually play it. But we'll see. 
Either way, I think it looks very cool. The trailer they showed off showed off a lot of like power-ups and things like that. Um, but I think more importantly to me, it was just being able to see kind of how that game flowed. There was more, I feel like, gameplay segments in that trailer versus the previous one. I feel like the last trailer was a little more of just like, yes, there was gameplay in it, but it was more about showing you the world. This seems more about showing you how Kirby interacts with the world. And the way Kirby interacts with the world looked very much like a traditional third-person action kind of game. Um, but I think Kirby hasn't really done that yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what that amounts to, if it feels good, things like that. So otherwise, not a lot to say about that. Very cute looking game. I think it's a great looking game on the Switch as well, actually. It's probably visually holds up very well. We'll see how that performance is once the final release comes out. Switch is not doing so great in terms of, you know, games running well. But if anyone's going to make a good running game, it's going to be, you know, one of those big Nintendo franchises, right? And Kirby's one of those games that, you know, Hal pretty much only works on Nintendo platforms at this point. Well, actually, that might be a lie. Is that a lie? Hal might work on other things now. I know Game Freak works on other things. I can't remember. Don't listen to me. But Hal, I think, is pretty reliable Nintendo partner there and can utilize that hardware very well for that. There's also a new trailer for Pocky and Rocky. Um, so that is a new release in that series. I don't I don't think it's a remake. I think it is a new game. Um, but in that they showed uh, I think like five or six characters you can choose from, which was which was pretty nice. I have not played a Pocky and Rocky game since the Super Nintendo one. So all I've ever played is the uh, little shrine maiden girl. And then there's also the uh, Tanuki kind of guy. So these characters, um, they seem to have like different movesets as far as I can tell, which is, is nice. So just add some variety there. Um, the big thing I can't figure out still is if it has online multiplayer. I was looking through the Japanese post about this game, and I think the only thing I saw was online scoreboards rather than online more multiplayer. I think it said, like, online scores. So, I don't know if that means that it's supposed to be online score attack, or if it just means you can only, you know, upload your scores online. Would not be surprised if that game is only local multiplayer. I would like to play that with somebody. As well, also like to play uh, Snow Princess Sayuki with somebody too. Um, but I did pick it up on the Wii. So I guess unless I buy the PC version or, you know, harass somebody when they're here, I probably won't play through that with another person. Because <laughs> um, I probably will play it on the Wii. I think the pointer controls is the big reason why I did that. Although I can't remember when I played that game... Um, I seem to recall that the pointer controls were less than desirable. I think it locks around the character and it's maybe not like a true like pointer, um, motion. So it was, it, I think like there's angles of which stuff is thrown, not so much that you have full control over where something's thrown, but I had to go back and look at it. I can't remember off the top of my head for that. So I'm curious if the PC version replicates that Wii remote pointer with the mouse pointer instead for that. Um, there was the updates for, uh, the first soldier, um, which we talked about a little bit about earlier. Um, mainly what they've been talking about so far is again, performance enhancements. That game two months after launch still runs like garbage. Um, still crashes. I think I had like three crashes the last time I played, unfortunately. Um, so they're working on that. I think those updates are coming the week of the 20th. Um, and then I think earlier than that, I think it's like maybe on the 18th or something, they're going to be doing some balance changes. Um, they, when I was looking at this, I had to go back and look to see if the English version of the post is up. But when I was looking at it, the Japanese post was the only one of those up. They're very slow on getting these, um, letters from the producers, uh, localized. I assume just they don't care enough, basically. Um, 
But yeah, so they uh, basically said in there that they're going to nerf fire. My From the Google Translate, it sounded like both damage and blast radius of fire was going to be nerfed. However, the Siliconero post that translated it said it was only going to be the blast radius. So I'll have to wait and see that final post. But I will say Siliconero is going to be a lot more accurate than the machine translation, unless they're also using machine translation. They're actually using a person, I guess. Um, so fire is a move in that game that is very overpowered. So I think there's a lot of reasons why it needs to be nerfed at this point. Um, I don't think they talked about any class-specific nerfs, but they did talk a little bit about how the classes were being used. Sounds like maybe Monk has been uh, uh, a bit more popular. I think the last set of balance changes they did uh, really did help the game quite a bit, although there are things about the Warrior and Sorcerer's class that I think are just still too overpowered compared to the other classes at this point. Uh, saw a lot of ninjas playing as well last time I played when I when I played this morning. So anyways, that new balance passage coming up. And then they also announced season two, which the uh, all they showed was some concept art. But that concept art has a very like dragoon looking character on there. So maybe we're getting some kind of dragoon class with like jump and things like that. The current class loadout is warrior, uh, monk, uh, sorcerer ranger and ninja so that would be a sixth class that they add on if they do that or maybe we'll look at see something where you know they're adding in some like uh job uh variations like maybe like war dragoon becomes a part of the warrior job or something i would assume it's going to be its own separate job but maybe we'll see or maybe they'll just have a dragoon as like a villain of the story or whatever which you know the, the story in that thing is barely anything i have no idea what's happening in the story of the first soldier other than we're in a vr thing and shinra is there and i think this is technically like somewhere in the timeline where zach is training or something like that i i, I don't know man i don't know anything about <laughs> Final Fantasy 7 lore or whatever. Talk to me about... Let me know when Deep Ground is there. That's what I'm looking for. Give me the Deep Ground outfit. I will pay money for Deep Ground Soldier outfit. That's the one outfit I will pay money for. I will I will make that commitment. Unless it's like something ridiculously priced, like above $20. Deep Ground outfit, I'll pay money for it. It's a promise I make. Side note, you know... Square Enix loves to shut down their mobile games. I just wanted to note that Schoolgirl Strikers 2 is still alive and still going on. They have an event coming up. I did not read about it. I don't care. I just wanted to note Schoolgirl Strikers 2 still exists and is still getting updates, which is crazy to me. Square Enix does not support those kind of games that long, I feel like. So whoever's still playing that game is incredibly dedicated to it. <laughs> These last two things aren't so much news stories as much as they are um, just like observations or things I saw that I was not... Uh, familiar with um mario 64 ds uh, i forget who it was somebody tweeted out about it I, it's on my twitter feed i'll link the source in my description there um but somebody had mentioned that somebody had modded uh super mario 64 ds to use the analog sticks on the wii u gamepad so if you play super mario 64 it basically treats if you don't know super mario 64 on the ds you have the d-pad and the touchscreen and playing with the touchscreen feels like crap but it gives you analog movement where if you play with the D-pad, it feels a lot better to play that way, but you don't have analog movement, you have eight-way movement, which is kind of bad in a 3D game, especially one built around an analog stick. Um, so what they did with that, that uh, mod is they basically mapped the analog stick to the touchscreen so you could basically move the uh, analog stick around and get that full range of movement that the touchscreen would give you. So I'm kind of curious about checking that out. Maybe I might do that. I'm on the fence about it but that is something that 
Super Mario 64 DS is a game that I think is pretty good, but I don't have like a strong memory of it. And the more I look at it, or the more I remember of it, the more I remember it being kind of weird or whatever. So I don't know. It's, it's cool though that somebody did that because that version of the game, really that version of the game should have been in that Super Mario 3D World collection and it should have already included that analog support. <laughs> that is my true feelings, but you know, that that 3D World or 3D All Stars collection was a bit of a weird thing in general. They didn't include Super Mario Galaxy 2. That was the first thing that should be included, but it would have been great if they included Super Mario 64 DS as well in there. So, and the last thing is I saw somebody playing uh, Prepara um, with the cards. If you remember a while ago, we talked a little bit about how the cards they have are different than the usual Prepara cards from the older versions different from the Aikatsu cards that from, again, the older versions, and then like the Atokadol cards. Um, so uh, Aikatsu is currently doing these like diamond shaped cards, which look pretty cool. And Prepar is doing these like more standard looking card shapes, but they have these like kind of like um, crown tops to them. And there's like a circle in the middle of them. Um, so they look really nice. And they actually are see-through if I recall correctly as well. They look really nice, but I didn't realize, I think, how you actually utilize them on the system. It seems like you actually put them against the screen. So you like have slots marks on the screen and then you put them down and slot them in. So you have like a series of cards laid across the screen and it looks like you can basically, the hole in the center has like the little heart icon in there and you basically can press through those to like touch a touch screen button kind of thing. Um, how that implements in terms of gameplay, I don't know. But uh, I thought that was fascinating. I didn't realize that was how you use them. So that's pretty cool. Kind of neat. They also released a uh, booklet where you can open it up to put the cards in and store them. And it's got like a really nice look to the booklet. It's got like layers to the front cover. So you have like a dress outlet outfit, but it like layers up. So it raises off the top of the book and it looks really cute. Really nice. So anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneShoulder.com is the website. Um, if you, uh, are interested in the Patreon content, you can go to the Patreon, um, get that stuff. As I mentioned before, there's some free content for the Patreon. So if you go to my website and go to the Patreon announcement post, should be in the featured post or in the miscellaneous section right now. Um, you can go and get some free podcasts, free, um, uh, article readings, three, um, behind the scenes content, all that stuff was made free. So you can basically trial it out if you want to. Um, in terms of upcoming or last week's content, um, there was the review for uh, Spy Games Elevator Mission that went up last week. So you can go watch that review if you'd like. Um, and then if you you know didn't watch it, I, I imagine most people who listen to this probably already did. But I did a couple weeks ago make a video about like being positive with retro game and old game collecting in general these days. There's a lot of videos out there about how like people are quitting retro game collecting for various reasons, which you know good on them for doing what they feel good and make them happy about. Um, but I, I want to talk about how I've stayed positive and how I've always kind of, you know, made it through these kind of tough moments in retro game collecting as prices change, the market changes, the focus of the market changes, all that stuff. Um, it it did not get a lot of views and it kind of stalled out. So if you can go give it a look or if you can give it a share, I would appreciate it. Uh, that near video started the same way. So maybe who knows, maybe a year from now will be the most popular video. The near video has been going on strong for a while. Basically like anywhere between like 50 to 70 views in like 24 to 48 hours. So that, that video is climbing. It will probably reach like spectro levels at some point. I don't know why it suddenly picked up, but hey, I'm happy for it. I just don't have anything else I can use to follow up on it at this point. 
For this week, the Sonic and the Black Knight community review is going up, I'm pretty sure, so you can check that out when that goes up. I also, again, have that PC unboxing post for Patreon going up if you want to check that out. And then we're going to be hopefully finishing up Parasite Eve on Thursday. So if you want to come contribute to the Parasite Eve review, please come on Thursday, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Um, I'm not sure how much, much more of the game we have left. I think we're still technically on day five. Um, so, but I think somebody on stream said we're in the last dungeon of the game already. So I'm going to guess we'll probably wrap it up in the, in the course of the next stream, but we'll see what happens. We might play the Xeno Gears demo as well if we have some free time <laughs> in addition. So if you want to come check that out, but more importantly, if you want to be a part of the review, feel free to come along. If you can't make it and you want to provide your thoughts on Parasite Eve, feel free to message me separately, whether that be for, through like, you know, uh, Discord, um, Twitter, you know, get in contact with me some way. Would be really happy to, you know, take your notes and apply them to what we're doing. Try to keep it as like notes though. Don't, don't send me a whole review of a game <laughs> if you can, but just kind of like some fine points kind of thing. So yeah, otherwise again, OneChillBar.com is the website. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. I hope you have a great week. Bye.